0: Shalom, shalom everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. And you know, I also tell you, the importance of Jerusalem is this is the seat of truth in the world. It is the center of the universe, the center of the Jewish soul. Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, truth, only truth in the world is God Himself. And today we're going to be going into a deep story that is going to emphasize the the importance of trying to stick to truth in our lives here in this world, because there are so much lies all around us in our daily lives that we just don't pay attention to. We don't want to pay attention to. We we ignore. Well, today we're going to go deep with a friend of mine and her personal story. And everyone say hi to Michal Weinstein.
1: Shalom, Michal. Hi, everybody. I'm so honored. I'm so honored to be here. So honored to see you again, Avi.
0: A good friend. It is a pleasure. It is a real pleasure. And for those who are not familiar, Michal, one of her claims to fame, of which she has many, is that she is the designer of the famous Ari Fold Lion of Zion logo that went viral and is up in in my home and it's up in my sukkah on the sukkah holiday and so many people all over the world purchased that design and hung it up in their homes well here is the designer the 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 brain behind of ensuring that Ari's memory would be alive in everyone's home all over the world via that design so, Michal, what, let's start with that before we get into your story, your life story, which is so important. And by important. the way,
1: it connects to my story. It very much connects to my story, if you really think about it.
0: So go for it. it. Why did you do I it mean, and, to, and connect it to your life possessed story?
1: Me, what possessed me to to create something and then end up raising money for a family who just lost a father that was murdered? What What drove me to do that? And it connects to my story,
0: correct? 100%. Michal will we'll already father. give a hint because Michal is going to be touching upon her life story that she lost her father. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm going to let you get into all the details. But I only learned about this story about you writing about what happened to your father and, and, and the whole journey your your family went through for years because of a letter that you wrote to your com- a community rabbi of yours after yeah. the rabbi was telling you to stop calling out community leaders and rabbis for pushing their community members yeah. to get the COVID vaccine, and you were very vocal about there were, about medications. Well, I'm going to
1: correct you. Anymore. It wasn't even it wasn't even the vaccine because it in that there. time there was no vaccine. It was literally the beginning of COVID. It was the fall of COVID, of 2020, right before Yom Kippur. And they were masking and mass testing our children and torturing our children. And those of us who had woken up early, you know, we woke up about a month or two into COVID, we realized the masks were useless and we realized the testing was a scam, because we were educated enough to do research on the PCR tests and the threshold, cycle thresholds and all the things they were doing to create a case demic, And we were screaming from the rooftops, stop torturing our children. And so I was very vocal about stopping to mask and torture our children. And I did call out a local, I call him the Jewish Fauci of the community, of the five towns. He was the guy who everyone looked to for advice and guidance, and he was God's word. And so um, he had a cult following. I, I'm happy to say that I have no problem saying that there was a following that was cult-like. And somebody wrote an anonymous letter against him, but in a very respectful way. And I shared the letter. I didn't write the letter, but I sure sure shared it because I agreed with every word. And I got myself in hot water for sharing that letter. The, sharing, the act of sharing that letter was horrific to his followers and so um it was a very tough time and a big rabbi a modern orthodox rabbi in my community who's good friends with the jewish fauci got personally offended by my stance and by my actions um and he wrote me a very disturbing letter right before yom kippur he basically said um i have a lot to to be sorry for. I have a lot to daven for. I should stop being vocal. Who am I? How dare I? I am not a doctor. I am not a leader. I'm not on any boards. I have no place and I should just go back and worry about my family and stop being on social media and stop doing what I'm doing. It was a terrible letter. I wrote a whole blog about it. I posted the letter word by word I removed the things that give away who this rabbi is. There were certain things that gave away who he was. I removed it because I'm not going to announce who he is, but I'm sure people can guess if they know. Um, And so I, I took a couple of days after getting that shocking, shocking email, and I thought about it, and then I sent him a response back. And my response was, you are so right. I am not a doctor and I am not on any boards, but I did go to a school, and I'm sure you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. It's called the School of Life, spelled L-I-F-E. And in my School of Life, and then I listed all the things that I learned in my School of Life. And it related directly to the horror that I lived through as a young child, having their father, not just murdered, okay, but missing for 19 years with no body, no cover, no closure and all the deceit and the lies and the cover ups and the conspiracy theories and you name it. And the, the family and friends who took advantage of us and who stole from us and who robbed us. Hold on, I'm sorry about that. And um, let me just shut my phone so it doesn't disturb us. Um, basically, I wrote him back a letter that basically told him off and basically said I have every right based on my life experience to notice the lies and the conspiracies that are happening and do my best to save people. Um, And I did list all the things that made me qualified as a leader because I said, you say I'm not a leader. Well, what is a leader after all? And I listed the Ari Fold thing that I did the money I raised for a friend whose husband dropped and hit his head and was literally a vegetable. I raised over 100,000 for them. Um, all the events that I've done, the, the non-for-profits that I've been involved with, the politics that I've been involved. With, I said, what makes a leader? You're telling me I'm not a leader? Apparently, I have 19,000 followers on Instagram who think I'm a leader. So I told him off. And if you saw the response, it was pathetic. He He responded, I said what I had to say. And I still believe what I have to believe. And you should really worry about other things and read other things and stop focusing on. And literally he, he, that was his response. So that, that was what you read. And that's why we're getting into this whole conversation about how life experience creates you and makes you who you are and who I am is based off of what I went through and what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So can you can you give us a little more detail? Like what what exactly happened to to your father? What conspiracies are you talking about? What lies are you talking so there's about? There's
1: so many there's so many layers to what happened to my father. But I will tell you that in the end, Hashem ended up serving justice. So it, it was it's really a miraculous story. It's a tragic story, but it's also miraculous. And I truly see clearly the hands of God in my father's story you now it started out with a man uh, my father he was 32 years old very young he was a successful businessman moved from Israel to America to start a whole new life with his wife and had two children I was born in Israel my sister was born in America we lived a very charmed life in a beautiful little Colonial house in a suburban neighborhood of Farakaway and my father, happened to have been a diplomat. I don't know how he became a diplomat, but he was a diplomat and he would travel freely. Um, And because of that, he was used by a Hasidic friend with a Strymal and Payas Satmer Hasidic friend um, to deposit bonds that are called bearer bonds. In those days, bearer bonds are worth whatever they're worth. And there there was no computer system. So if you had a bearer bonds, that was as good as money. If you lost the bearer bonds, if someone stole the bearer bonds from you, you got the money. So apparently, there was a scheme going on that my father was completely unaware of. My father was an honest businessman. Um, he feared Hashem very much. Um, and so he was not aware of this scheme, but his Hasidic friend sure was. And they used him as a mule without him knowing to deposit bonds. When he returned from his trip to England, after he deposited those bonds, I guess as a diplomat, they used him because diplomats are not as scrutinized. Um, he was stopped by the FBI. And the FBI said we need to know where you got those bonds from. And at that point, my father had to contend with, okay, what do I do now? I have a friend who gave them to me. If I rat on my friend, I am being Moser, another Jew. He asked a Rav for advice. The Rav, I'm not going to say which Rav it was. I'm not angry at this Rav, but the Rav gave him the wrong advice and said, you can never be Moser, another Jew. Maybe that was the right advice. I don't know. Regardless, my father took it seriously, and instead of Mosering his friend he told his friend what happened and said you know i'm sure that it's you're innocent maybe you should go to the fbi yourself and talk to them and figure out you know and and tell them what's going on so that you could be in the clear right he assumed his friend was innocent well his friend wasn't innocent his friend unknown to all of us was with the mafia and the mafia um basically when they heard of my father's um being questioned and possibly being a witness even though my father was never going to be a witness. um, Basically, asked his Hasidic friend um, for my father's um, name and address and car and whatever. And they will convince my father to go away on a long vacation. In other words, you know what that means. And the the Hasid knew what that meant too. Um, And so one day on February 10th, 1986, two police officers, we only found out about that 19 years later, I'm jumping ahead. So before I jump ahead to the police officers, I'm giving away the ending. My father was missing. He didn't come home. And for 19 years, we didn't know anything of what happened to him. We just knew that he was definitely not alive because there was no way my father would run away or disappear. We knew he was dead. Um, We knew he was murdered. We knew it connected with the Hasids because my father did speak to my mother about a little bit of what was happening. My mother confronted the Hasidic people. They denied everything. So we knew we even told the FBI about the Hasidic people, and somehow nothing ever got done. Anytime we came close to a a little bit of a resolution or something, somehow things went wrong and, and nothing was ever done and the case was cold. And my mother was very confused. She said, something's very suspicious to me. I feel like the police and the cops are involved. I feel like the FBI is involved. And I'm like, We're all like, are you out of your mind? What a conspiracy theorist you are. You're crazy. How could the FBI or the cops be evil and bad, right? Ha ha. Impossible. Well, anyways, 19 years later, my mother comes home and at the door is standing two FBI agents or maybe five FBI agents. And they said to her, we think we found your husband's body. And my mother looks at them and says, what? It's been 19 years. How on earth can you find a body? And they said, it's connected to a much bigger case. And so they didn't tell her what the case was. They said, we just need your daughter's DNA to confirm that it's your husband. So my mom calls me. I'm pregnant, 36 weeks pregnant. I have two other kids. And she's telling me all this. It was April 1st, 2005. And I said, Ima, this is an April Fool's joke. Nobody's finding Abba's body 19 years later. I then hang up with her and said, you know what? I'm going to Google this. She, she told me enough information I could Google it. I went on Google. I typed in missing diamond dealer, 1986, body found, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, there's an article that pops up that says two cops were arrested, um suspe- suspected of murdering eight people, including a, the, the, a man in 1986, a diamond dealer. Oh. And his body was just dug up. So I call my Mom. And I said, Ima, do you remember you were a crazy cuckoo conspiracy theorist? And you, you were suspicious of the cops and you were suspicious of the FBI. I said, um, apparently they killed him. You were right. That was why we were never able to solve this case. They were behind this, the cops killed ABBA. You were right. You're not crazy. I called you crazy for 19 years. I literally said you are certifiable if you think the cops killed ABBA. How did you know, Ima? They did. They killed him. It's in the news. At that point, it was all over the news. It was confirmed. It was my father's body. Miraculously, they let the body free. We were able to bury him in Israel. I was able to fly 36, 37 weeks pregnant, standing there, seeing my father buried after 19 years. There are no words because that was all we prayed for. We knew he was never coming back. All I prayed for my whole life was to have a kever. And I knew that prayer was never going to happen. So I gave up. After 19 years, you give up. You say, I will never have a kever. And that's okay, because that's my lot in life. So when we stood there and we saw his body, and you know what he was? He was a bunch of bones. There was no body. It was literally, a, you know how they have a talus? It was yeah. the tiniest little pile. And we stood there and we're like, oh my God, Abba came home. And by the way, my mom had a dream three weeks before the FBI came to her house. My father came to her in the dream and said, I'm coming home. Wow. Strange stuff, right? So we were like, this is from Hashem. Hashem, what did we do to deserve this? What What did we do? I don't know what we did, but Hashem gave us back my father. He gave me a kever. And so it was a miracle. We didn't view it as tragic. We viewed it as like, I don't know how to thank you enough. Like, what, what Hashem, what, what did we do? Anyways, we buried him and then the trial started. And then all the information came out of what really happened. And the more we learned, the more we realized, Hashem, whoa. <laughs> like one little thing had to be missing for my father's body not to be found and everything had to go perfect. And and Hashem made everything go perfect because it wasn't that simple to find my father's body. It involved such incredible detective work. And in a nutshell, it came down to one address book that found my father's body. And that address book belonged to a dead criminal. What happened was the cops killed my father, but it wasn't just the cops. They were with one other person. They were with a person who's dead and the cops who were arrested denied anything. So you couldn't just go over to the cops and say, where is the body? Who did you kill? The cops said, we're innocent. We did nothing. We've never murdered anyone, right? So how do you find a dead body if the cops are in denial? So the person who hired the cops, basically was a witness to this whole thing he was in he was basically a a rat he was a witness and he said i hired these cops to kill this guy this jewish guy in 1986 i don't remember the jewish guy's name i don't remember where they killed him i don't remember anything i will just tell you that he was killed in a garage in brooklyn and he was with they were with this guy frank centaur the cousin that's all the detectives had to work on they had a cousin named frank santora who was there during the murder and they had a garage do you understand how many garages there are in, in brooklyn you can't just go and knock on every garage 19 years later it's impossible it's like finding a needle in a haystack not only that but frank is dead so they couldn't go over to frank santora and say hey frank we need a we're investigating a murder so what did they do they said he's a criminal, there must be some records on him. And they went to his records and they found a phone book. If that phone book was not saved, my father's body wouldn't have been found because in that phone book, there was a telephone number that said Pete's garage in it. And so they said, what do we got to lose? There's a phone number in the phone book, Pete's garage. And you know what the other miracle was? When they called that number, which still existed 19 years later, that's a miracle, right? It happened to be Pete, who owned that garage, was about to sell that garage to a developer. And there would have been no more garage. He was in the middle of selling the garage. But they happened to have called Pete right before he was in the process of selling that garage. And Pete answered the phone. And when they said to Pete, we're calling to investigate a murder in 1986, Pete said, I don't know anything about no murder, and hung up on the FBI that was investigating. Wow. But guess what, so Pete freaked out because he was the witness to my father's murder. He owned the garage that day, he saw the two cops, he saw Frank Centora, he knew all three of them. They came in and they murdered my father and they buried him in his garage and they made Pete bury him. And they said, we will bury you if you don't bury him. 19 years, Pete lived with that secret until the FBI called him. And Pete was willing to be a witness. And once Pete signed on to be a witness, the rest is history. He was the witness. And he was co- he co- co- corroborated with the story and the cops were then convicted of murder and they were sent to prison for life and they died in prison
0: that's that that's like what most of us would see in a movie or read in a book yeah. and yet that yeah. you lived was, through that
1: it was a happy ending right a very happy ending
0: Wow. So, how, how you say that you lived through the school of life? How how did two thousand and five learning about this, learning that it was police officers who murdered your father, how did that wake up your 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 mind about life moving forward from there?
1: As soon as COVID hit, I fell for it for a month. For a month, I was like blind and stupid. And after a month, I started seeing the red flags and I started suspecting everything was a lie. And I think that my life prepared me for it because when you lived a lie your whole life and you discovered that the people you trust ended up killing your own father and that family and friends who you trust ended up backstabbing you and communities that you trust ended up, you know, turning their backs on you you quickly know that human beings are capable for money and for power and for all sorts of reasons of doing the most evil, heinous things. So right away, as soon as I saw the red flags, as soon as I saw the deceit and the lies, and as soon as I started just understanding what was going on, I knew right away that there's you can't believe anything that's going on. And so I started waking up and waking others up. I understood that a conspiracy theorist, conspiracies are often true, and where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: That's definitely the biggest lesson you learned, where there's smoke, there's fire, not just to dismiss the smoke as nothing, so to to, to pay attention to it.
1: Right, when they're holding back therapeutics that work, and doctors are screaming from the rooftops, and they're getting censored, I said, why are they holding back? therapeutics and then when you look into it and you realize that it'll affect the upcoming vaccine then you realize they're doing it because they don't want they, they want to unleash this vaccine and they don't want anything to compete or get rid of their emergency authorization so they need to allow people to die and they need people to die and they need and they don't care about our our life at all they don't care just like in my life the cops didn't care about us The Hasidic people didn't care about us. The community turned their back. You know what I mean? Like humans are capable of just not caring. You you actually experienced
0: one of the most important lessons that really is the biggest stumbling block for so many good people and, and thinking people. They can't accept that bad people are concocting potentially hurting people and not trying to save people they can't they can't allow themselves to think that
1: I mean I I think about like my my you know the generation my parents generation right my mom thank God is as, as awake as I am because she experienced the horror that we experienced, so she's as awake as I am but you know the other side is not as awake because they had a very charmed good life right And when I started talking about the New World Order back in the day, we're talking two years ago, that was when barely anyone knew about it. Right. They looked at me like I had a third head and they literally said, there is no way that that is real. It's impossible that there could be such evil. And I looked at them and I literally laughed and said, you were born right when the Holocaust ended like you were the generation after the Holocaust. You know that there could be such evil. Just because you lived such a good life in the past 50, 60, 70 years of your life doesn't mean that evil is not possible. And you've lived through evil. I mean, don't tell me that in the past seven years, you haven't seen the evil that humanity can do. So please don't dismiss this as a conspiracy theory. It's very possible look at our history, look at our Jewish history, like, come on. But unfortunately, people who have had easy lives, or who haven't experienced trauma in their lifetime, have a hard time accepting the fact that there could be such evil.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a psychological block for some for so many people, they just don't want to go there. And I'll, I'll bring you touched upon it, I'm going to expand upon it, bringing up the Holocaust. Forget about the fact that this is only 70 plus years ago and the most cultured society in all of humanity at the time turned into genocidal mass murderers like it's a fact it's a fact but let's put that aside i had the i had the opportunity to interview edwin black investigative journalist he wrote the book ibm and the holocaust ibm An American company were helping the Nazis in their mass murder. Coca-Cola and plenty of other United States corporations, businesses, they were involved in helping the Nazis murder the Jews. It's not even the Germans. You're talking about Americans. People don't want to go there. And that's forget about the fact of how many people lie about Israel today and here we have fellow fellow Jews and Israel supporters that they know the press is lying about us daily. They know politicians around the world are lying about us daily. They know we're getting killed literally because we're being lied about and the truth is not being said about us. But somehow it stops there. They don't want to go and think, oh, my God, the CIA might be involved in some horrible stuff information is coming out that the CIA was involved in JFK's murder the CIA brought the United States government brought over Nazis as Operation paperclips right after the Holocaust there's just so many pieces of information that people should be questioning
1: like have a good life but think 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 and I think that people just want to have a good life and they're not thinking ahead of the world, the future of their children and grandchildren, they're thinking about the now. Human beings are very, you know, they think of the now often. And I think that they are, they just don't want to mess with their life at the moment. And thinking of these things, whether it's the evil of the world or whether it's the the, the vax situation, especially since the majority of them are quadruple, right? They don't want to think. They don't want to think. And this is why society numbs our brains with Netflix and social media and, you know, fluoride and all the things that they do to us in order to just keep us dumb and stupid and and distracted because they know that if human beings are just distracted and busy with consumption and shopping and renovating and all the things that we do to distract us in life travel, you know, we're not going to worry about these crazy conspiracies we're not going to think of the Davos conference that's happening under our nose we're not going to care about the sudden deaths that are happening because as long as it doesn't affect me i'm good you know but i have to say that more and more and let's talk about the sudden deaths for a second practically every person i know whether they know it or not are affected Every person I know, every vaccinated person I know, either has a parent that has dropped dead in the past um, year, suddenly, wow. unexpectedly, or a parent that has had cancer in a very insane way, or a child that has issues, or a friend or a, or themselves have, have health issues, or they're catching every virus under the sun and they're wondering why they've never been sicker. I don't know anyone who isn't touched by this situation and majority of them are in denial you know they keep getting viruses and I'm like maybe your immune system is messed up I don't know I don't know I don't know they don't want to admit anything but I and people like me who are awake are watching and we comprehend very clearly what is going on it's sad they just don't want to accept it because it's scary it's frightening
0: yeah. And I, I, I'll just add to that. Like I had the, um, I'll add to it. And then I want to go back into the the Michal Weinstein story. Um, I had the the honor of interviewing Dr. Zelenko all the way back in the beginning. Also, first time I interviewed him in March, 2020, like I guess a few months later, I interviewed him for the second time. A Q&A, long two and a half hour Q&A, every single question out there. And this is already in, 2020 where dr zelenko was saying the shot is dangerous and then before the israeli elections there was an israeli doctor who ran in the this is the two two or three elections ago Uh, an israeli doctor was running the elections and i interviewed him as well dr avni and he too when i interviewed him before the elections like i'm involved in israeli politics I, I, i interviewed a number of representatives of different parties and in this interview with him he also said and he was a big promoter of vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D, everything fine take care of vitamin D. And that was his, that was his thing. He wasn't even hydroxychloroquine. He was like, stick with vitamin D. Everyone's going to be healthier. Don't, don't be worried and don't go for the shots. And he also was saying the shots are going to be dangerous. Stay away from the shots. It's like, there, those, those information wasn't getting out there enough, and the delegitimization of anyone who spoke about the concerns was tremendous and so concerning. Like, I don't understand how more people were not concerned about the fact of the delegitimization and censorship that was taking back in the beginning. You felt it, I felt it, I spoke about it to people. And people were like, oh, whatever. They didn't want to be
1: worried about it. I was canceled five times on Instagram. And when I would tell people that, they would laugh at me, literally laugh. "Ah, You were canceled? That's so funny. Nobody was concerned that I was canceled in my circles, in my world. Nobody cared.
0: No one cared. Crazy. So now I want to touch upon Michal Weinstein. Michal, why? Even with your life story... Why did you put your name out there and open your mouth when you know you were being canceled and delegitimized and shamed by friends, community leaders, rabbis, online? Why did you continue? What gave you the guts to continue with your voice of truth and and stand up? And again, for anyone who is not following Michal and you're interested in following her voice of truth and standing up, then follow Michal on Instagram but how how why why
1: 6.0 at mlw 6.0 <laughs> um I could only say that my answer is Hashem <laughs> that's it my answer is Hashem what what Hashem the same way the line of Sion was designed not by me but by God literally like something came over me I went on the computer half an hour later I had this image I'm like wow okay let me post it and it went viral God It's just Hashem. That's all I could say. I had this innate, like obsession drive to share my awakening with the public so that people like me who are waking up have a voice. I had had the ability to speak without worrying about getting fired because I'm my own boss. Whereas majority of my friends, they work for people, they're teachers, they have to shut up, they couldn't speak. So I said, I'm lucky. I'm able to speak. No one's stopping me. And I, I had this drive, like I have no choice. And the more I dug, the more I was horrified with what was coming out. The more I felt this urge that I need to share it. I, I attributed to Hashem who gave me the strength, and the aptitude, and the abilities, and the platform. Just like Hashem found my father's body. Just like Hashem served those justice to the killers of my father and just like hashem helped me with the lion of tion hashem is the only thing that i could describe that's that's the answer there's no other explanation why i would put my neck on the line and why i would allow my hard work my entire life to be cancelled over and over again when i i took such pride in my accomplishments you know before COVID, i had such accomplishments and such memories and everything was on social media, and I took such pride in it, and yet I was willing to erase all that for the sake of humanity and saving people. And again, Hashem used me as a vessel. It's, he uses people. That's just the way it is. God just chooses people and says, you're going to be that, just like he chose Zelenko. He chose Zelenko as a vessel. You know, Zelenko should have died. He had the craziest cancer, and he kept Zelenko alive. So when people say, it's so sad that he died, it is sad that he died but it's so incredible that he was allowed to live for the couple of years that he was in order to save millions of lives till today. I still take the Zelenko protocol every single day. In fact, I'm holding with me two vitamins that I have to swallow soon. It's all part of the Zelenko protocol. I take it every day and I thank Hashem every day, not Zelenko. I thank Hashem for the protocol that he gave to Zelenko to, to, to distribute because I'm Baruch Hashem healthy. I, I, I haven't had a cold in three years, I've never felt better and I and my COVID was asymptomatic. And I, I attribute that to the quercetin and the C and the D and the zinc and all the things and all the awakening that, that Hashem has allowed me to feel and, and understand. Meaning once you wake up to the corruption of pharma, you also wake up to the corruption of FDA and, and all the health scams and all the foods that have poisons in it and you just you you become a healthier person because you 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 cut out all those the garbage that literally has toxins in it. So it's not just the toxic vaccines that they're putting in us, it's in the foods. It's in it's in the products that you use. Once you're awake, you wake up to everything and you trust nothing, sadly, except for Hashem. And that's the beauty that you do have something to trust, which is God.
0: So I'll I'll throw a little anecdote a in there because um my son has had a number of conversations with uh with rabbis and friends and and he's he's in the the Torah world the yeshiva Torah world and when the topic comes up about not trusting all right not knowing who to trust so some people say to him that's a horrible way to live not knowing who to trust but what's his answer his answer is no 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 I know to only blindly trust in God above. And any human being I know to question as much as possible until they earn my trust. That's the difference. Like I
1: trust Zelenko. He earned my trust. Right. I trust Zelenko. He earned our trust. Certain people put their neck on the line, they're willing to lose their license and not benefit financially it takes a lot to earn trust but once people earn it they earn it and by the way Trump earned my trust but he lost my trust so sometimes that can happen as well you could you could earn trust and then you could also lose trust because he's just a human being that's all he is I don't trust Trump anymore
0: right no, and and you you brought up a good uh, a good point before when I asked you like, how did you have the guts to stand up and and voice your truth, even though you were going to pay a price? And again, I'm there. I've paid a price tremendously, continue to pay the price no for difference. the same exact reason. Right. So I know it. But the word that you said is so key, and it's independence. You were independent in, in terms of yeah. we're talking about in terms of job right now. I'm independent in terms of job. We were able to hold on to our voices and speak without fear of being fired. I mean, again, I'm sure you lost business. I lost business. But in terms of having to be afraid of not being able to show up at work and not having a paycheck at the end of the month, in a sense, that fear we didn't have. And I'm going to take you. I'm going to take this to, to, to the trust in God and to Torah, because we're we're gonna go a little deeper into the whole Exodus story. Because what ends up happening, what do people ask about? They go, wait a second, why did God free the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt? Because if you look at the actual words, God is saying, I'm gonna free you from slavery so that you can serve me. And people are like, wait a second, that's not freedom. I'm going from having to serve Pharaoh a man God, to serving God. Well, I, I want freedom. I want to be able to choose whatever I want. That's not freedom. And that's where people misunderstand the true connection and belief in God above. Serving God and trusting God, that gives us our independence to stand for who we are as individuals in a world filled with social conformity. And it's yeah. only when we have the connection, the true connection, and belief in God that we can free ourselves from the from from the 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 shackles of social norms and conformity to truly live free lives. And hence, it's directly connected.
1: You know, I remember when they were lying about natural immunity, and the and I remember there was a the shul that we were members of would not let anyone come in unless they're vaccinated. And my husband had an issue with it. And he spoke up and said, Are you joking me? I'm naturally immune. I am superior, like I have natural immunity. That's stupid. So we had a meeting with the rabbis about it, because they they were disturbed, you know, like, whatever. And my husband basically said to the rabbi, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? (laughs) <laughs> and the rabbi's like of course I believe in God and he goes well then why don't you believe in natural immunity God's immunity he goes I have the greatest immunity that ever exists which is the immunity created by God your immunity is is vaccinated immunity my immunity is the best who's better than God I trust God I'm not worshiping a uh, um, uh, science that a human created I trust my God he gave me antibodies exactly percent
0: yeah, 100%. I mean, it
1: was a zara when people bow down to the, you know, god of right. science and and bouchism and whatever you call it.
0: Right. No, it's 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 fascinating. I mean, I love talking about this and I know we're in groups yes. and we talk about this as well and I just yes. did a video about it just how the covid insanity is bringing about such an unbelievable spiritual revolution. It's just fascinating to see the people who are realizing like, oh my God. And it was Edward Dowd. And I used the video clip of him himself. He he used to be a financial manager at BlackRock, made billions, trillions of dollars, right? And now he's calling out using financial models, what's going on in the world. It's about finances. It's not about health and whatever. But what does he say? He said in this video clip that he has so many friends who are atheists who are today after looking at the insanity going on in the world because of COVID saying... With all of this insanity and what they're calling evil, there must be a God. Yeah, and, and people are waking up.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, the bad guys—they believe in God. They really do. The bad guys believe in God. You know why? Because they're fighting against God. They know right. that God Good exists, point. but they believe that their God or their—I don't want to say the name—starting with an S, ending ending with an N. Um. Th- that that thing that they worship right um is their god it's it's another god it's a vota it's uh you know the sun whatever they want to call it the god of the sun i don't know what they call it but they they believe in the black magic and they believe in the um you know they believe in this stuff but they're using it in an evil way
0: right
1: they're they they just want to bring god down they think that they have the power like the power of Babel to destroy Hashem. But they don't know that that's, that's impossible. Like there's no way because Hashem is everything and Hashem is them. They are Hashem is part of everything. So they're destroying themselves by destroying, by trying to destroy Hashem. The tower is crumbling and we see it crumbling. It's a little slow for, for our taste. We want it to crumble very fast, but look around at the world events, you know, even the idea that Elon Musk, who I don't know if to trust him or not because I don't trust anyone right He's a human being, right. but he bought Twitter and he's allowing the freedom of speech to reign. So whether he's good or not, he's doing something good in my book, right um and so things are changing and and evolving and God seems to be it's God. God bought Twitter. Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter. <laughs> God bought Twitter, you know. So what is happening? We're seeing things happen.
0: No, 100%. And the, cover of the,
1: post today, the cover of the New York Post today was a whole expose on George Soros. Literally really?
0: expose,
1: calling him the most evil man alive, George Soros. That's pretty big.
0: Because yep, some goes. of us have known about this for years following his financial deals of destroying countries around the world. And here in Israel, we know the billions of dollars he gives to all the anti-Israel organizations trying to destroy the Jewish character, the state of Israel and, and, and tear yeah. Israel to pieces. So we've known about his evil, but you can't talk about it because you're d- labeled an anti-Semite. That's like the key well, word because, that they use to shut down all conversation about, about George Soros. Yeah. insanity right and so now you're saying he was on the co- the, the the front cover of a uh, New York Post
1: exposed, the vaccine is being exposed whether you like it or not um people are wide awake you know they're that 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 football player who who dropped right we don't know what the story is but it's certainly shady and people see that it's shady and you see it on Twitter because Twitter now has freedom so you see that people are now saying something's up here something's up. So, and
0: So Talking about Twitter, I don't know if you saw this latest. I'm in the middle of a post about it. One of the heads of the European Union was just interviewed about Elon Musk buying Twitter, and she said that she's shocked at what Elon Musk has done, and we are the protectors of freedom of speech, and Elon Musk is not going according to the rules for freedom of speech. It's like, you just outed yourself. How? What else yeah, needs to be said?
1: I, yeah, I think people, you know, despite all the things that they tried to do to dumb, dumb the masses, and they did everything they can to make the masses as dumb as possible through indoctrination in schools, through the foods, through the pharma, through everything, there's still a nice percentage of people who they haven't been able to get to and, and destroy the thinking part of their brain. There's still a very nice chunk of people who are waking up and i think it's god i think god they you know they're again tower of babel they're trying to destroy god but god is more powerful so as much as they try to destroy the human being and create this slave um, masses you know surf kind of situation hashem is inside every human so human beings are capable of, of having a spark a soul and they are able to see through a lot of this and slowly but surely the sparks are coming out slowly very slowly and sadly so many of our friends don't seem to not have it but a lot of people do thank god the most random people uber drivers nail salon people i can't tell you how many people are so awake that i run into people you would never think uneducated people not harvard people the dumbest according to society but yet they are so smart so smart right Hashem right. is waking people up. It's Listen, the,
0: the one of the biggest lessons I believe that I internalized, and I, I want to go into in terms of being a parent in today's day and age, so I'll I'll segue it in. Um because this is a lesson that I give over to my kids was about about knowledge. There, there's a difference between book studies, right? Uh school studies, university study knowledge, and then life knowledge and common sense and one of the one of one of the issues that i've given over to my kids is guys common sense that is our innate godliness you can't shut down your common sense use your common sense to then figure out what to ask who to trust etc but thinking that just trusting the book university uh education to shut down and not use your common sense No, 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 no. They might be smart people because of how much, how many facts and knowledge they know, but that doesn't mean that they have the common sense, godly smart in order to truly navigate life. And that's one of the lessons that I've tried to give over my kids. But then I want to throw it to you, Michal, being a parent in today's day and age, you understanding the importance of truth and how, what, what are the challenges? How do we deal with these challenges today as parents? um uh, cuz that's simple i try
1: so hard i try so hard to teach my kids the art of common sense and the art of um gut instinct and listening to your inside and not just listening to the media and t- tiktok and all the stuff that they're you know that they're obsessed with the, you know teenagers and all that and i i show them things i try to show them the hypocrisy and the the evil you know uh, I try to show them the evil of the world because you know you have to they have to be aware of of the evil but i always balance that with as evil as the world is god is incredible and i always tell them amazing stories of things in my life that happen whether it's the my father's story or whether it's even something like i lost a job when i was 21 my dream job and i thought i was at the bottom and i was like depressed it was the worst time of my life and because i lost that job is how i met my husband who's your father you would be alive today if i would have kept that job so even when you feel that things are bad you know god is in control and there's reasons for everything but at the same time be aware of the evil and don't just trust blindly and understand what's going on in this world, the lies of the media. You know, I I always put down Hollywood, my kids, you know, some of them are obsessed with Taylor Swift and all that stuff. And I make sure to say, oh, God, these people are all they sold their soul to the devil. These are people who are immoral beings. They're not good people. They're there to influence you to do bad things. Don't be influenced by them. You know, that's what I try to do. I just try to give them my wisdom and my, you know, what I've learned because they've had very charmed lives. And they didn't go through what i went through so it is very hard for for kids who have never had hard hard times to really understand the extent of what people can do to you and 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 the evil and 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 the highs and the lows they they've had baruch hashem such easy lives you know i think Mm. that's a big challenge when 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 people never experience challenges right
0: right isn't doesn't the line go like uh hard times make hard men good time right hard times make good men uh good
1: Good times times make make weak men men. right exactly like unfortunately we've had a very charmed before covid i would say things we were in the golden age golden age yes there was anti-semitism yes there was bad things we had 9 11 which by the way is all connected let's be real okay like it's all one big story you know um And I know there are people are gonna be like, she's a real conspiracy theorist. Once you go down that rabbit hole, you'll understand that there are more questions than there are answers to major events throughout. And we now know, for example, the JFK situation, we know now that it wasn't what we thought it was. So all these conspiracy theories are coming to, to fruition. So don't deny anything and don't dismiss anything. This is Michal.
0: My my audience or some of my audience know already that I, for years, I have been vocal about um, the assassination of former Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. Yeah.
1: Too many yeah. questions
0: about the official narrative. There is no way that someone who was handled right the 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 supposed assassin who was handled by Israel's secret service that whether he actually killed or didn't kill, which it, It doesn't look like he killed to me because Rabin was shot in the chest, and yet the assassin came from behind, and he was handled by the Secret Service. Too many questions to believe the official narrative. Anyone who follows me, I've raised the questions of 9-11, building number seven falling without anything happening to it. No plane found in the (laughs) Pentagon for a small... Hole that so doesn't many fit questions. a plane too many questions I, about these official narratives and then you have JFK it's about using our common sense and you want to know something no one should be should be uh shamed for asking common sense questions no matter how crazy they are you want to talk about them you want to, you want to argue about them go for it but do not shame someone for asking and raising a common sense question that questions official narratives maybe they're wrong but maybe they're right but think about what you're doing to your own children and your own self
1: by not allowing common sense humans are very fascinating creatures the reason being is because we all love a good movie and we love seeing these incredible plots where what we thought was not real and investigators going in and finding all these incredible clues and 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 Oh, we love that. And then we love heroes. We love seeing those heroes who are standing up and rebelling against the masses and, and 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 saving the day. And yet in real life, when you come across a hero, a real hero like Zelenko, right? Or people who are speaking out, you oh no, 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 stop, stop. You're you're messing, you know, you're you're and then when you come across conspiracy theories that seem, wow, that's very interesting. Those questions are very interesting stop it. You're crazy. You're crazy. But yet you love those movies. So it's very right. interesting. Humans love books and movies. But yet, in real life, they they want to shut down anything that is re- resembling that that. uh <laughs> Right. right. And, interesting. and you
0: know, you succeed as a parent, when your kids after they're watching movies or television shows, they're like, Oh, my God, this is not just in the movies. This is also a right. reality like they're already putting the oh. pieces together because they realize well,
1: the rule is right. The, no, the rule is that they have to tell you before they do anything. The, that's the rule of this cult that, the, that these people are part of, that they right. are not allowed to do evil unless they tell the masses what they're doing. And so this is why so many movies and shows and Simpsons and all these weird they literally tell us everything. All you have to, everything you need to know you could watch in movies of what's to come and what was and what is. Sorry, yeah. that's just the way it is. That's the deal yep. they made with the devil. That's the deal they made.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy stuff. All right. I think we touched upon enough craziness for people who never even went there. So the bottom yeah. line is the most important thing for you, viewer listening to this, to take from this. You one, use your own common sense, and two, don't dismiss anyone else for using their common sense. You don't want to believe it, you don't want to go there. Fine, but don't dismiss them and respect them because there is something to using common sense that you yourself can learn. And and Michal, I want I want to end with you. I want to end with you giving the positive because this is your life story. You're familiar with using your common sense for what's going on in today's world. Give over again, where does your positive outlook come from? How, why should people be positive in today's world as the as the onion peels of insanity are falling around us?
1: At the end of the day, we know without a doubt that God is in charge and God will end up. Um, the people who deserve to be punished will be punished and You just want to be on the right side, whether it means being on the right side of history or being on the right side of God. And that's all that God wants of you. God just wants, Hashem just wants you to cling to him, to follow the Torah and to follow the guidance that he gives us through the Torah and to turn to him. And at the end, whatever happens, he will come through. Hashem will come through just like he came through for me and we didn't expect it. And he created miracles for my family. Justice will be served. And all those people we see, they're falling, they're falling, they're they're coming down. We see with our own eyes. So pay attention to all the people who are falling, all the shame that they're experiencing. Many of these people can't walk down the street without being bombarded and harassed and and accused of, of crimes because that's exactly what is happening. Hashem is in charge. So just be on the right side of history and don't dismiss those who are on the right side of history. Don't mock them because you're getting yourself in big trouble if you're putting down or you're trying to stop those who are trying to save people. You're putting yourself in the wrong side. And 80% of the people did not make it out of Mitzrayim. Don't be that 80%. Be that 20% who who were saved. Don't be that 80% who are who are sticking your head in the sand, trying to hold on to your slavery. Let go and let God, let go and let God.
0: And I I want to add one other point to this. And I know you agree 100%, just like I agree with everything you're saying. In Judaism, we're taught a very simple lesson. No matter how bad your situation could be right and the torah language is actually a knife is on your throat god is still there to be able to save you so no matter how bad or how crazy things are or how sick a person is. And yes, I know people who were sick with cancer and they prayed and people prayed for them. And instead of dying, they ended up surviving and the cancer disappeared. Does this happen to everyone with cancer? No, no. but it
1: Sometimes happens. God says no. Sometimes right. God God's answer God sometimes no. is
0: no. That's my exactly it's the most important lesson when say, oh, I prayed to God and God didn't answer me. God did answer you. You just didn't get the answer you wanted. Sometimes we get a yes. Yes. Sometimes we get a no. That's out of our control. But the point is, talk to God. Pray to God. The most impossible things can be overturned. Every single holiday, the Jewish people, we were saved. We were about to be destroyed. And then God saved us at the last moment. God is there for us. We just have to reach out to him. And no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how sick you are, no matter how sick someone is in your family, no matter how scared you are of a situation, do not lose your relationship with God. Hold on to Him, and hold on to positivity. Understand everything is for the best, no matter how bad things look. And please, God, we're all going to come to better times. So, Michal, and, thank and you only so
1: worship much. Hashem. No avodah zara. Only worship Hashem, because everything else, whether it's your media. Uh, and your movies and your netflix and your phone and your um science (laughs) and your pharma and and all that that's avodah zara and people and and celebrities and and fauci's and everything stop only hashem right and you you,
0: you want to know something i'm going to add something and i know we've talked about before, uh, before as well there are some good medicines out there there are plenty of good things in the medical world we're not saying don't trust anything We're saying use your common sense. You go to a doctor for advice. Then you go for a second opinion. Then you might go for a third opinion. You are trying to find out and come up to the best decision possible because even different doctors are telling you different information. That's how you have to go through life. Don't blindly trust anyone except God above. He's the only one you blindly trust. Everyone else has to earn your trust, everything amazing thank you so so much for opening so up So
1: happy we did this thank you so much
0: for having me it's and,
1: uh, uh it, we'll see you soon in israel
0: <laughs> looking looking forward looking forward to seeing you in person in israel and yeah. uh yeah. you should continue have much bracha and hatzlacha everything you're doing in terms of your family For humanity, for the Jewish people. Keep up all the wonderful, amazing work you're doing.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank you.
0: All right. Shalom, shalom. Everyone, that's Michal Weinstein. Unbelievable story, like seriously unbelievable. A story from the movies, a life lesson that not everyone learns. Thank God, most of us do not experience those movie like. stories in real life like Michal's story about her father and finding out that it was the authorities the police who murdered her father and then were involved in the cover-up etc etc bottom line like we said at the end just hold on to your faith hold on to your emuna, hold on to your relationship with with that with the one above he's there for all of us signing off for another episode of The Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. This is Avi Ablo for another episode of The Pulse of Israel. And if you are not yet subscribed to our daily videos and podcasts with the politically incorrect truth about Israel, the Jewish people, and the freedom-loving world, well, go to pulseofisrael.com and subscribe today. Shalom, everyone. Thanks for watching.
1: Pulse of Israel. Frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.